It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yermin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best Welcome to what is a good evening. This is the new new space order pod. Got that new new, and uh, we are under the touchline fracker. But I'll be your host tonight, X Pack, and I'll be joined today by none other than lovely Booker T. Tops. Firstly, how you doing? Yo, what's good, brother? You good? Absolutely smashing. Um, yeah, soon to come physio aside, brilliant. And uh, Tobes Goldberg, how you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. Good to be back on the pod. How are you doing? Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the team's actually got me in decent spirits. Uh, I have to show half the resilience as them to get through this cough. But yeah, we'll move. Um, I don't think there's anywhere else to start other than the, the most recent game. Obviously, we just uh, progressed to the Champions League knockouts. Needing only a draw away at Marseille. Um, obviously, going into it, we have a lot of ops waiting to send their memes, send their bookmark tweets, whatever. There's a lot of ex-Arsenal players. We've got injuries. Da da da. Firstly, Tobes. Uh, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna say like, were you confident going into the match? But I think that's almost um, 
almost an easy answer, but once you saw the lineup, um, how was you feeling going into that? When I saw the lineup, I was annoyed, um, but still expected that Spurs can do enough here to to get three points. Um, as my brother Tops will 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 allude to once he speaks, he he wasn't optimistic, and to be honest, when I looked at how the first half unfolded, I I could see why he wasn't optimistic. But even why was you optimistic? Yeah, I'm here, playbook. Yeah, you can be here. You can be here. I was the reason, and I'm gonna continue now. The reason why I was optimistic is because this is Marseille. This is not Barcelona. This is not fucking Man City. This is Olympic Marseille, and it's a rubbed out version of Olympic Marseille. People are telling me that a 50 year old Pai is gonna dunk on Spurs. A 60 year old Sanchez is gonna dunk on Spurs. A 50 year old Kolasinac is gonna shackle Spurs, bro. Listen, as poor as we play, I always knew that, like, all we need to do is just just put in just a comp. All it takes was a competent performance would beat that Marseille side. Do you get what I'm saying? And the lineup just, not for the first time, not for the second time, not for the third time this season, Antonio Conte keeps struggling to pick, like, he keeps struggling to pick, like, the best at, or the most suitable lineup. There's there's not there's been way too many times this season where we've said to ourselves, ah oh, God, even if we win today, like I think Conte has got the lineup wrong. It's bad. Like look at the look at the lineup. Like Ryan Suss or Ryan Shockignon. What Ryan Suss? Let's go with Ryan Suss because that's what Yao's yeah. Yeah, because the other nickname is Force, but yeah. Ryan Ryan <laughs> Ryan Suss because he bloody is suspect when it comes to football, yeah. Bruv, he's not even good at left wing back. Why is he playing right wing back? So that's the first point. The second point as well, Lucas Moura. This guy, since he's come back from injury, he's been on a one-man mission to remind people why why he was sent to Azkaban um, towards the back end of last season. The guy is cheeks Brian Hill has actually come on and has actually made a, a difference in some of the matches, some of the cameos he's had. Why is it Lucas Moore that deserves to start? So, yeah, man, I just, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. But everywhere else in the team, I thought he got it, he got it right. Yeah, yeah. there was a few weird tops and changes. You had Dyer moving to right centre-back, long leg coming was good. to centre. That was... I thought that was good. Yeah, I thought that was the good decision. That, that was the right decision because he couldn't. There's no way on earth he could. There's no way on earth he could play Sanchez again. Impossible. You cannot play that calamity in a game of this magnitude. Impossible. Impossibly. Nice little French twang there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, I think um, a lot of people wanted him to drop both Emerson and Sanchez on that side. All progression down the right hand side was pretty much impossible. With those two playing so him chopping that around i like i personally liked the intent from what i saw from the lineup there was a lot of players who i thought could you know add some kind of attacking again i'll use the word thrust even though it sounds a bit dodgy but this won't be my first or last pause on this podcast i'm sure um so with that i was intrigued to see how it played out in the first half um i'll see i'll move over to you tops um ultimately um break down how 
that lineup um, and that first half ultimately played out. Uh, uh, hey. did, you, did you boo? Tops knows why he's laughing. Tops was listen. defeated before a ball was kicked, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I had ever seen us play an away game in Europe. And I, uh, you know what? I sent a load of questions into the group about when was the last time we performed in a in an important away game in the Champions League. And of course, the lads came in, they came through, they all confirmed to me that the last game that we performed in Europe of any importance was Ajax in the 2018-19 season. So That was ultimately the only, that was the last important away European game we had played though, no? I mean, I know we were in the, in the Champions yeah. League 1920, but it was almost a write-off. Uh, well, you know, you know the name of the game at this point, Owen. So, us, yeah. going into this, us going into this game, no Romero, no Kulu, no Richie, you know, four changes. I can't lie. I'm, I'm going to be so frank with you. I saw us getting packed. I literally saw us getting packed. I thought us going to the velodrome, you know, I read the reports. Hype. I read, I read the reports. Velodrome hype. They woke up the place at four a.m. I felt like the the atmosphere was going to be raucous. And to be honest with you, uh, like everything that I thought would happen in that first half, it came to fruition. We were toothless, however you want to call it, gutless. The performance was lacking absolutely no energy. The press was basically non-existent. I just felt like I'd seen this game happen many, 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 many times before. And obviously, when they went one 0 up, in my head, I was like, "I know how this. I know how this book ends." But they managed to turn it around. I can't. I can't even like tell you that I was upset or I was annoyed at that first half because, in truth, based on what I've seen this team do, you know, in the last sort of three, four years. It was a performance, especially when it comes to important games, that I'm just so used to seeing. So I just hope that they can maybe change it up in the second half, um, maybe do something different. Um, you know, Son going off with that injury, which I don't know. Uh, I have a few feelings about how that injury went down, but... Um, Oh, you yeah. don't want to say it? I'll say it. He's saving himself for the World Cup. There, yeah, I said it. Hey, man, if you go into something, if you, if you if you go into a challenge, not 100%, the more than likelihood of you to come out injured in that challenge. If you go in 100%, then you have nothing to fear. He closed his eyes. Harsh. That's harsh. I, I, I know. He literally, I, he, got, he literally got, didn't he get like elbowed in the... In it the, was like a shoulder. Head. It was quite... It, it, it wasn't an elbow. Come on now. It was, hey, it was hey, a hey, shoulder. Man, man. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't an elbow. But, Look but, at you, Bobby. Have some shape. But, Have some no, shape. No, 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 no. To be honest with you, it was a like the injury he sustained. Yeah, it was a bad one. But I don't know. I just feel like I've seen him go into these duels 50 50, maybe even less than 50 in the last few weeks. And to be honest with you, something like this was almost waiting to happen. But it's, it's happened. And yeah, that was my really, that was, that's my take on the first half. I'm, I'm just, I've said it and I've said it in the pod, I've said it in the group. I'm just so unmoved by this group of players right now. I'm so unmoved. I'm so unmotivated. Like, I'm not even going to say I'm unhappy because I'm still going to games. I'm still watching games. 
But I just I just feel that like this current group of players will not effectively be able to do what is required of them under Conte. I just don't think they're capable of it. And until I see some real, real changes, I don't think my mood is going to change. Personally, right. that's it. Well, fair. Um, as we don't have you for too much longer, terms, so I'll move it back to, uh, to you just now. Like, why? Why do you think we played so badly in that first half? Because again, like, you'll have pundits and fans across. Like, okay, yeah, Spurs are. You know, they're setting up too defensively again. They're just boring Spurs. They're in a crisis again. Just hammering the defensive narrative out. But what for you? Is it just so so think- bad? I think Conte definitely has to hold some blame for the setup in the first half, but I don't think it's all down to him. I think the majority, the the buck definitely lies with him because I think ultimately, a, a ground like that, he wants to try and absorb what they they can throw at us to begin with, and then try and sort of feel our way into the game. And I just felt, yeah, like it was just. <sighs> Yeah, it was it was it was really bad, man. Like I was, I told you like already. I put my phone on airplane mode because I was watching on on my fire stick at halftime. I was seething, absolutely seething, because I'm like to play like that. Yeah, in a must in in a people are saying it wasn't a must win game, but like you needed a point, and you're basically playing like you want to get beat. It's just it was embarrassing, man. And I think um, I think Conte definitely needs to take some some blame for that, man. Or the majority of the blame when you look at the the average starting position, when you look at the lack of press, when you look at um, how deep the defensive line was, you have to you have to point fingers at the manager and and just be be frank and say that like yo the way you set us up today was was garbage because the minute we started to play a couple meters further up the pitch, all of a sudden this this. This this poor Marseille side that we made to look like the Harlem Globetrotters started looking like the poor Marseille side, and I think, like I said, the majority of the blame definitely lies with him because I think these players are going off what they've been instructed to do for the most part. Now, here's where I talk on the players because even when Antonio Conte is saying sit back, whatever, we know Antonio Conte. Is devastating when it comes to coaching counterattacks. We know that he's not a guy who just wants to soak up pressure and just and just not do anything with it. He wants us to be able to soak up pressure and then have the bravery to play, to catch the opposition out and try and play through them and try and score a goal on the counterattack if he's going with a counterattacking based approach. And that's where you have to look at some of the plays because some of those performances disastrous. Like Ben Davies defended well, but his passing was so shit. The amount of times Perisic made good runs on the left-hand side, didn't find him. Hoybier, you know how much I love Hoybier. Absolute passenger in that game. Absolute passenger in that game. Was not offering anything offensively or defensively. Got on the ball and I lost. There was a period in the second half and even the first half where he just kept giving the ball away. Ryan Suss, Jesus Christ, God have mercy on that on that right-hand side. Every single time, losing the ball, giving away a cheap foul. Just unable to sort of build up any sort of momentum because we just couldn't string five passes together. So the tactics are one thing, yes, but players who can't even do basic things, who can't win duels, who can't pass properly, who can't retain the ball, 
it's a it's a it's a it's a disaster of a cocktail, isn't it? And even the front line as well. Sun was doing diddly squat. Kane just kept hoofing it long to Harry Kane and struggling to hold up the ball a, a couple times. But again, when you looked at the front three, they were just so isolated from the rest of the team. The rest of the team is basically camped at the edge of our box. And then you've just got f- like four men up against two players. And don't even get me started on that absolute bonehead. That bonehead. That Brazilian... In fact, he's not even Brazilian. We have got the two... Two of the most fraudulent Brazilians I've ever seen in my life. That guy is not Brazilian. He's not Brazilian. I swear to God, he is not Brazilian. And he doesn't. Uh, uh, for someone who's a professional footballer, like I can't even talk because I'm crap. But I'm like, I'm watching you play, and I'm like, how? How are you able to be a professional if you can't take on basic instruction? Oh Lord. So tactics, Conte got it wrong big time. But the issue was ex- exacerbated by shocking players not being able to execute the most basic of actions. Yeah, there seemed to definitely be like a, a psychological thing as well as obviously the way we set up. Like, I feel like our last two league games as well, like we've actually looked to get more on the front foot and then we just get pegged back through either a mistake or just the team being clinical in their openings. But as the first half played out how it did, um, Bissouma came on for Sun to make it 3-5-2. And then at half-time, um, despite Conte being suspended, he managed to get instructions to make the change for Sessegnon to come off from right wing back and then uh, to bring on Emerson mm-hmm. um, to give us a bit of balance. Um, Scott Hall, yeah, we haven't heard from you yet. Um, I feel like you definitely watched that second half, even though you said you didn't. Um, how did you... Uh, feel like it was about to play out here we go let me go on mute oh i knew we were gonna win after after about three minutes into the second half i was like i'll say gonna fall apart we're gonna win but that doesn't take away from the performance the performance stunk it smelled it smelled like sewage you felt the second half was sewage i think the whole thing was sewage i didn't listen Like I told you, after about a few minutes into the second half, I was like, if we don't win this, this is our fault because Marseille started acting up. And I was like, there's no reason for them to act up. But regardless of what we did in that second half, I was like, football's very boring now, isn't it? Like, and this is this is across the board. I'm not just talking about Spurs. I'm just talking about football in general. It's just, it's just a bore to watch. Like, um, I've had enough of this tactical... I don't know, positional, nonsensical football that we are in right now where, okay, let's take suspect for for argument's sake. That boy at the very, at the very best. He's shit. Yeah. Is exactly what Toby just said. He's garbage. Yeah. But if I had to give him a position, I'd say left wing. Me personally. Yeah. Because he's not a left back. He's he's far from a left back that you're ever gonna get. Emerson, Emerson's not a real human. He's not a real person. Yeah, I don't understand this. Yeah, because how has a man? He's better than Cess. I, I, yeah, I said it. He's better than Cessignon. I said it. 
he's not. Yes, he is. I don't even know if I can back that. Yes, chat. he is. I'll say, I'll say this much. I'll say this much. Yeah. What has Emerson contributed this season that's better than Sesson Young? Come on. His life. He's he a contributed his life to Christ. I, I don't know, but he's done something that must have been better than Sess. But the problem we have, and we've had for a very long time, yeah, is that Spurs are a notorious team right now for fielding garbage. And one of one of the pieces of garbage, yeah, that has infuriated me the most, as uh, the the gentleman Toby leaves, uh, is Hoisin. I hate his guts. I hate his I hate his guts. Yeah, I hate the guy's guts. And I know people are gonna be like, no, nah, but Hoyberg he's done this, he's done that, man. He gives as good as he gets. Listen, that for me is a perfect example of why we deserve nothing good in life. Yeah. He couldn't even foul right. He couldn't even foul. That's not the first game he's done this, by the way. Yeah. I was in the stadium for the freaking sport in Lisbon game. He tried to foul freaking Marcus. He tried to foul him and he got bodied. I'm like, this is our center midfielder. This is meant to be our general. He's off. He's oh, Listen, that guy is a walking pussy. Oh, and I can say that on this podcast. Yeah, because we ain't filtered like that. He is a walking pussy. Oh, facio, complex, dickhead. Name it all, bruv. He's all of those. I hate his guts. Then you got Ryan Suspecion, who can't even... He can't kick a ball. The boy doesn't know what he's doing. He actually doesn't know what he's doing. And then to make matters worse, only Spurs could say, you know what? Your left wing back stinks. But just for you guys, we're going to give you a right wing back that stinks even more. How? How can... How? How? And then we made it out of the group. Listen, do you know how bad the group has to be? That we played horrible football for basically six games and still finished top of the group. Think about what I'm saying here, people. We played horrible football for six consecutive games because there wasn't a single game in that group that we played well. Not one. Yeah? Not one. I don't want people to say, ah, Frank fell away. We were decent. Shut your mouth. Yeah? Every single game in that group stunk and we finished top of the group. That not only shows you how poor the group was, but it shows you how badly we bloody play football right now. So, from the bottom of my heart to the millions watching on TV, I'm here to tell you, Spurs need freaking reinforcements in January. Because if we do not get that sorted, oh my God, we are going to be in for hell in 2023. Absolute hell. Damn. Enough for me. Well, to be fair, I mean, I actually agree. Hoybier was a passenger for 95% of the game. But in the end, he actually ended up having our two most decisive moments actually going forward. Obviously, he hit the bar with... Um, Burn him! I hate then, guts. What were you not understanding? That's awful! I hate guts! <laughs> He keeps on general contributing in big games, though. You can't deny him. He's like he's like a reborn Stefan Freund. For the love of God, he's he's awful to watch. And people have said he's had a better season. I've heard some people say he's had a better season than Bento Core. Have up until about two or three games ago, that was actually true, though. Have some damn shame. Look, Tops was in the stadium with me. 
He saw me in the South Stand and he couldn't in argue with sense? not one bit of abuse that I gave to this team. He was there. He saw every single... Oh, my God. I'm going to blood it. I'm gonna I don't it. expect Tops to call you I'm out gonna, on that, but I'm he's there doing Hey, Hoiberg is um, starting freaking midfielder. How have we done this? We've gone from Modric to Hoiberg. Oh, man. Oh, I don't deserve Modric, this. Modric, then Bele, then yeah. Okay, yeah, I get your I point. I don't deserve this. Even Endombele, with, with every little piece of pork that he had on his skin, yeah, this guy would at least get you off your seat and think, oh, he could do something. There's something special about him. Jesus Christ, what is special about Hoibier? What on God's green earth is special about this guy? Other than the fact that I've given him a nickname that is reminiscent to Chinese sauce. Yeah, he is crap. That guy is absolutely garbage. I, oh my God, I don't believe we have him as our starting midfielder. And Conte loves him. Oh my goodness. Oh, what finish. <laughs> Listen, guys, freaking get your chips in order now. Freaking Black Friday is down around the corner. Buy your Christmas presents immediately because it's about to be a sour freaking Christmas. Wow, we're finished. We're absolutely finished. I can't believe it. This is disgusting. You guys put me through this week in, week out. This team is shit. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's hoisted. Oh, that sour sauce as oh well. Oh, my God. I like what you did there. Oh, my um, God. Flipping hell. What are we doing here? Owen, freaking tops. Have you been watching what we've been watching the last few weeks? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we stink. Oh, my God. Flipping hell. Oh, my goodness. I can't, we're winning games. How are we winning games looking like this? Oh, my goodness. Bloody hell. You're supposed to... You're telling me Harry Kane is the freaking world-class striker. His first shot was at 41 minutes. Oh, my God. What are we doing? What are we bloody doing? What are we doing? Did you watch the 90 minutes? You guys didn't watch the Marseille. Yeah, you yeah. Watched the same course. game. You didn't watch the We're a professional podcast. You did not watch the same game. game. As, that game as part of awful. our contractual obligations, yes. That game was awful. 90 minutes of crap. I don't care what the result was. I'm, I'm honest to God, I couldn't understand what was happening. I was watching the game and I was thinking to myself, how are Marseille about to let us win? I don't understand this. We stank. We absolutely stunk. I'm talking off the plane, first night in Paris. Mm, smells like shit. We were absolutely awful. Jesus Christ. Nah, I'm telling you, I'm on the verge of selling my season ticket. Whoever wants it, hit me up in the DMs because we're, we're weeks away. <laughs> oh my God. I'm freaking having a, a heart attack over here. It's horrible. I've had enough. And we've got to face Liverpool on Sunday. Love of God. When is it going to end? Somebody start the World Cup tomorrow, please. Bloody hell. I've had enough. Yeah, that I've World Cup enough. stinks more than our football, to be honest. But Wow. Man, I want to wow. read it in um, this little bit from, from the Oilberger Hoisting Diss Track version 9999999. Um, he, as, as I say, I agree he was a passenger that game. I think he's... He's obviously one of those that actually doesn't claim to do anything special either, but it's either here or there. He hasn't been good the past two, three, four games. Objectively, like he just hasn't. Maybe I'll put it down to fatigue, maybe not. But obviously with that second half, um, play that as we did, 
as it did. Emerson actually came on and brought a little bit of balance. Um, that's all he needed to do, to be honest, because of how disjointed we were in the first half. And um, Bissouma, fair play, helping us get back on the ball, sustain pressure. Ben Davis was getting forward really well. Wingbacks were actually attacking spaces and the forwards were actually somewhat retaining the ball. I was very critical of Kane in the first half. I don't know what he was doing, um, but just basic decisions were just leaving him. He like he would just keep on his next, his turning next into the defenders, which were reading exactly what he was going to do. He would just try and force a through pass like straight away through on goal when it wasn't even on. Like Son or Lucas were like, barely even that defensive line, let alone running past it. Like, and he's still trying to pass, gets tackled, uh, plays a dummy, loses the ball. Like much better in that second half. And um, we just fell back to the basics and the hallmarks of what Conte actually wants us to do in terms of actually playing football. Um, we missed Kulu. And then we... We're nothing. Yeah, we, we actually over-rely too much on Kulusevski as well. We look, uh, we look horrible. We look horrible, lads. We really do. But this is like, why I we... I actually feel sorry for Benton Core. We've now mm. turned into set-piece FC. Um, Benton Core was... He was quality. Ridiculous, by the way. Um... He Everything was you want from a midfielder, he he was doing it. Like he was the water carrier. He was breaking up play. He was creating chances. I I I, I can't believe he ran himself into the ground this close to the World Cup as well. Like unbelievable performance. Um, but again, as I say, we turned into set piece of C again. We got um was quite early on in the second half as well, like fifty fifth minute. That was a great piece, by the way. Perisic, who hasn't even been good this season, has somehow got his seventh assist already. I think yeah, it might have even experience. been all from set pieces. That's experience. And... Uh, he can he can play garbage and still deliver a beautiful ball. That's experience. Yeah. But when you got Ryan flipping, suspecting on doing non oh my god, ah, you 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 started it again, Owen. Because you, you you know what you're doing here. We're talking about. Are we about to start talking about a player who got taken off again? No, no, no. You're doing it again, Owen. Yeah, you're you're being Mister Positive, and I I told you that's that's the one thing I'm gonna like about you. It's the one thing I'm gonna strangle out of you. Yeah, cool. This is not the time to be positive. We need change. Yeah, we We do, and I I agree with that as well. To be fair, like I say, I even said in the last pod with Tops, who's been very patient as well. We will get to you in a second, but I was even saying we need at least two, three signings. Three? We might need four. Maybe. I wouldn't even disagree with that either. Um, but I, I've even said in the group chat, like, I'm not even optimistic of good performances until after the World Cup because we're just yeah, so... That, we have to discuss that. of ideas outside Kulizewski. Um And we haven't addressed his rotation option in the squad. Oh, no, let, have, let, but let's it's just not talk about his rotation ideal. stuff because... Because Tops was in the stadium for the Sporting Lisbon game, and uh, he was yelling some choice words towards Conte. So uh, I think I think Tops has to let his uh, his view on. You would have uh, wished he was in Marseille then, because you probably would have heard him from the stands. No, um, Tops is Tops is really relatively calm in, in the stands. Uh, he he gives he, he throws like little little jabs, you know, little jabs. I'm I'm the ultimate warrior when it comes into the stands. I'm I, I'm I'm rocking the belts when uh when we're on top, but. Now, Tops, he's, he's, he, he threw little jabs at Conte. Some nasty ones. Some nasty ones. He went after um, Conte's hair, which was, I thought, that was, 
that was a bit yeah. below the belt. You know, you you don't do that to your manager. But I understood. You know, he he was vexed. What let, let, was let, um, the only thing I was going to say was I guess my optimism kind of derives from we are a different team from this time last year, different manager and under Conte with these players, with these newer players as well. We haven't actually we haven't sold ourselves short when we've had our backs against the wall needing a win. So obviously we had a lot of crunch games at the, towards the end of last season. Arsenal and Norwich included. I know it's Norwich, but I mean, the pressure was insurmountable, right? And again, against Marseille, we needed to win. And even performing, we, we didn't perform well. We still got a result. Um, so I'm, I'm not proud of our performances, but I'm proud of the resilience in this team so far. But we do need help in January, like you said. So, again, I'm not even disagreeing with it, but I'm, it's resilience against I'm not people. as critical as you for that second half performance. I guess I'd like to say, like, I, I think by and large, again, it being a poor Marseille side, we did impose our football on them well in the second half to the point where we had them over committing right at the death we got away with a few openings of theirs um i see perisic got a good block in and then kolasinac showed his um showed his genes from his old club so that's that's the history of that and we ended up punishing them um but anyway sorry tops look at you you've been patient um and as quiet as you are in the stands. Uh, how did you feel like we kind of ran that game off? Obviously, we've equalised. We're now chasing the game, ideally needing a win. How did you feel like it was actually playing out? Uh, like, it, it, it improved in many respects. Um, I felt like um, Marseille going for the game as well also opened up a lot of spaces for us to kind of get into good positions. Um, I wouldn't say we completely dominated that half, um, but we definitely had the better of the chances in which we we took, you know, two of them that, that came to us. I still kind of felt like the game was open in many respects. Um, it wasn't end-to-end per se, but, you know, big chances at both ends were kind of popping up. I, I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, I'm not Everson's biggest fan, but him coming on gave us gave us a little bit of balance. Um, Davies come, I don't know. It's like, but even listen, listen, thinking about what I'm saying, I'm just just depresses me. Like you know, I'm talking about Emerson and and Davies coming on to improve the game. I just you know, in a game that needs to be won away from home, I I, I still don't understand like the notion why we. Why it, it the first thought I think for us is not to go with attacking substitutions or attacking players to possibly come on, but then again, I just think to myself, I can't really even say that because on the bench, I mean, the only real option, um, outside of Lucas who was starting was um Brian Hill, and even then, um, even though he's had some really good cameos in the Champions League recently both against um, Frankfurt and um, Sporting, he still doesn't seem to 
be deserving uh, of a of a starting place or even at least some sort of a substantial minutes in the second half. Uh, it was a it was a funny game to be honest with you. The second half, yeah, we probably edged it. Um, you know that Kalasinic's chance was was absolutely huge. Um, but then again, like you could kind of see why you know Marseille are, are a poor side and. That's probably one of the things that upset me the most. And like, like it did against Frankfurt in the second half, you know, we were kind of letting a team who I don't think is inferior to us get as much possession, get as much time on the ball, create as much chances. When honestly, in many respects, you know, from a footballing perspective, then they're no better. Then they're not better than us. Um, and I think it was obvious. Um, just, you know, little bits of quality and the game opening up. You know, Hoberg should probably score the one that hits the crossbar. Um, but we were, we were able to take our set piece and score that. And then at the end, you know, the last little bit of quality that was required, just once the game opened up, when Hoberg went through, you know, I mean, he took his goal. Uh, he was awful. <laughs> That's the only way to describe this guy <laughs> on on Tuesday night. He was, he was god-awful. I mean, rubbish. Um and he's actually been one of our better performers this season. But, I mean, it was one day when we needed him to be kind of better than he was. And he was rubbish. And he ended up uh, redeeming himself by scoring what was what was a huge, huge goal for us. But then, I don't know, sometimes I suppose you just have to take the good and the bad. Uh, in many respects, the first half was bad. We were, you know, lacked intensity. There was very little press. But in many respects, the second half was good. It was a bit more open. We were, we tried to we took a few more risks, and actually, the chances that came to us, we took. So I can't really, I can't really, you know, like again, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. I was one person who had no faith in us getting any result uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I really believe that we're a team that doesn't perform well in high pressure games and games that actually matter. Just because in the last few years, I just don't believe that we've performed. We have performed in some of them, but just not not in enough of them, in my opinion. Um, so going into that game, I wasn't confident. And actually, it's somewhat bittersweet being able to win the game, um, coming from behind and actually topping the group, which is um, what I would say, something good to celebrate, I suppose. <laughs> So what you're saying is you are proud of our team's resilience uh, yeah, in the I face am. of adversity and in a must-win game. I, I am. And you, do you know what as well? One thing I've been thinking about recently is that like, uh, I don't know, I'm just thinking just out of the, out, out the ball here, but I feel that we have a second gear. I just, I, I honestly feel we're just choosing not to go into it because if you look at the way we yeah. started, we, if we look at the way we started games, we started games so slowly, not really on the front foot, but all of a sudden, every single one of the players has the ability, has the energy, has the has the engine to go into the last games, the last ten, last twenty, last thirty minutes of the game, and they look like completely different. We look like a completely different team, which, which I don't know. I can't really work out whether we are choosing to play this way and saving our energy or. I don't know because our second halves in the last three games have been excellent. That's I'm going to be honest with you. They've been good. They've been games where we've where we've been either chasing the game or coming from behind or trying to win the game. And actually, the performances that you kind of require 
over a period of 90 minutes, we've kind of given in the 45 minutes of the last three games. That is against um, Bournemouth at the weekend and us coming back losing, effectively winning that second half, what, 3-1. Um, second half against Sporting, I thought was very good. We were unfortunate to not win that game. And then obviously, again, we won this half 2-0 against Marseille, which can't seem to put my finger on. I don't really know why. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of mitigating factors. And um, I do think it does stem from, I guess, a lack of quality throughout the side for one and then a the lack of trust from maybe some of our fringe, um, from Conte to some of our more fringe players, players who could have probably made more of an impact, but he hasn't chosen to trust them. Players like Bissouma, Hill, Spence, um, although he seems to be half right about Hill, um, I think Hill's shown tangibles he can at least be better than Lucas Mora. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird balancing act. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can get that addressed in uh, it maybe even in January, as soon as January. We'll get into that um, a little bit later. You obviously mentioned the, the Bournemouth game, which was um, a nice segue. So, We've done it in a in a slight reverse chronological order, breaking down these games. Um, but I'll use that as a precursor to preview our next um, league game against Liverpool on the weekend. So, with Marseille in mind, um, Conte did did decide to to start Sanchez and Emerson. Um, Skip and Basuma also came in to start, and then it was Kane and Son up front. So he went back to 3 5 2. Sessignon started on the left, and then uh, Longley and Ben Davis made up the uh, the defense. So Dyer was rested, and obviously Hugo, Sober Hugo, decided to start the game. Um, I'm trying to think how we predicted that tops on last week's pod. I, I don't even think even I was confident for that. Um, no, I, I don't think either of us were, but we thought it was a game similar in in away games to like um, Brighton away and, and Forest away where it wouldn't be a walkover, it wouldn't be an easy game, but it would be one of those ones where you just, you you get to that game, you get to that ground, you soak up any sort of pressure, you soak up any sort of um, atmosphere that the that the, the crowd might give you, and you just kind of fuck off back to London with as many points as you can basically grab. And fortunately, in you know those three away games this season, Notts Forest, uh, Brighton away, and now Bournemouth, we've managed to do that, which honestly is was what I expect. So um, us making it harder for ourselves quietly pisses me off, but again, they're all you know they're all the same three points. Touche. And um, really and truly, even after seeing the lineup, like this is what I mean, where Conte has to take some of the criticism as well, because we've seen so much evidence that Sanchez and Emerson don't work together at all. Um, large, I don't even think we started that first half badly either. Um and unfortunately, I didn't even know who Kiefer Moore was before before that game, other than like he's apparently quite good in the air. Um <laughs> and he he showed that man. Like um 
their first goal was um, quite traumatic to witness. And overall, Scott Hall, how did you think that um, that briefly played out? If hey, you listen, watched it, listen, or that... claims not to have watched it. No, I saw, I saw, I saw the highlights of that game. Um, mm. And um, listen, the first goal. If I run through the goals, yeah, listen to this. The first goal, we, <laughs> we got caught up playing a high line. That's like this is what infuriates me the most about our, our club. Yeah, we're like push the defenders up so we could be further up. Yeah, well, he then decides clearly that that's the point to do it. This is the team to do it against, but does it with a black back line of. Freaking, I can't even remember the back line. It would, it, I just knew it stunk. But that back line where Sanchez. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And this is the thing about Sanchez that annoys me the most. Him coming was, across was to try back, and help. Sorry to interrupt you. It was a back line of Longley as the central guy, uh, Davies as the left centre-back, and Sanchez as the right centre-back. Cool. Mm. So Longley is tied up against whoever the player was that took the ball and then passed it on. Yeah. Which I didn't actually mind that. Yeah. But while he done that, Davis had pushed up. So there was space if he got turned, which is what happened. He got turned. Guy played it in. Tavini is now running down. Blah, 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 blah. Now Sanchez, if he wasn't such a horrible defender, yeah. Most people were like, why didn't he just stick with Kiefer Moore or whatever? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not even actually upset that he came across. What I am upset about, yeah, is that he thought I should go down to ground. <laughs> because, because I'm going to slide and try and stop this cross from coming in. Because in his head, this ball is going to come in front of him. And if he slides, you know, he blocks it and it goes out for a corner. This is the level of madness we're dealing with at the back line. Yeah, that he fought sliding away from a ball that has yet to be crossed 10, 15 yards away, 10 maybe, to be, to be even fairer to him. He was nowhere near it. Even when it got cut behind him, he was just nowhere near it. And Kiefer Moore had time and obviously slotted it past Hugo, who clearly had drank water on that day and not um, the usual uh, Moe that he drinks uh, for some of these games. But the second goal, the second goal for me, I actually thought that was quite good to watch from them. <laughs> listen, the second goal for me was a perfect example as to what... <laughs> listen, I went online and somebody said, nah, Romero was starting to show 
Mikey's ugly side. This is what somebody said online, yeah? And this is how bad Tottenham have become defensively. That man thought Romero was playing. He wasn't even in the lineup. He wasn't even in the lineup. They just fought our best defender because all we do is sit and defend. He was the one that got his ass handed to him. Wasn't the case. It was good old Sanchez and the Brazilian, that's not Brazilian, MSU, yeah, that got absolutely dunked, dunked on by Kiefer Moore. Mm. Great header, by the way. Fantastic goal. Absolutely superb. In between two players, beautiful. Now, yeah, but even even though you say beautiful goal, I like, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you can you can give players props for finishing a goal well, for being able to almost make the chance themselves and score the chance that's given to them. But I want you to just go back to that, go back to that highlight, and I want you to objectively look at what, if you look at individually, just watch what Emerson does, and individually watch what Sanchez does. Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you what Sanchez either, does. Either, either of them, I, I, I just find it incredible that that Conte continues to trust these guys. One of them... He likes crap. One of them, one of them's position and his body positioning was so wrong in regards to where the attacker was. And the other one went to clear the ball in his six-yard box with his foot. And his foot was at the same height as Kiefer Moore's head. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, when you're looking at this, like, from... like, and I'm just not even trying to be, like emotive i'm not even trying to be like rude or or like defamatory against either of them but from a defensive perspective like you have to question sanchez what were you doing emerson you're a defender that's tucking in what were you doing i i just look at the look at that goal and i just think that's an easy preventable goal that's an easily preventable goal but obviously you put dumb and dumber together you're gonna get rubbish. You you're gonna get rubbish, and like that sort of goal, it just upsets me because, no offense to Bournemouth, but they're not a good side. But you know someone like that, he's gonna be somewhat a danger in the box. He's gonna be good from an aerial perspective. You just got to deal with that. So that's either his bread Sanchez, and butter. Either Sanchez's, either Sanchez's positioning is better, and he calls and makes sure he reaches that ball, or. Or at least, if Emerson's going to actually try and fifty-fifty with that, Emerson is even, Emerson is at least going to try and header it, which actually Emerson's done a number of times in the last season, and also this season. You actually just—I just want you to just compete for it. You don't even try and compete, and then when you do try and compete, you put you know you put this lazy leg out in the air to try, like you, you're you're not going to defend the ball that way. I, I don't know. It's, sometimes when I see this stuff, I'm just like. I can't be watching professionals. I can't. I can't be watching professionals. And if I am watching professionals, why are they playing for my club? Why? Why are they playing for my club? Because uh, some some fans like some of these players. They, I've seen I've seen fans online literally say, oh, "I'm not worried about Sanchez starting. We've kept eight clean sheets with him." Yeah, big man, stop that. Water is wet. Yeah, don't it's, it's, don't. Don't talk nonsense. Yeah, what are know, you talking about? Sanchez, it doesn't even take a freaking genius to see that Sanchez stinks. He's ass. He is wet wipes. 
that have been left out in the sun to dry. Yeah, he is absolutely awful. The guy is horrible. So, all right, cool. You know this whole thing of you know, you know, communication and partnerships and all that kind of stuff. That's very important. It's, it's obviously going to be important in football. And yes, once we brought in the big guns on that game, you know, it turned around and we won 3-2, you know, because that's what they said on Match of the Day. Once Spurs made their substitution, because they got superstars on the bench, it changed the game around. I mean, if Eric Dyer coming off the bench is considered to be your superstar, Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the 12 disciples save us. Damn. Um, yeah, it's good that you alluded to subs, actually. I forgot to mention. Obviously, um, Lucas Moura coming up for Skip. Superstar Moura coming up for Skip at half-time. Skip played an interesting role in the first half. Obviously, Basuma was deeper through midfielders. Skip was basically right wing at times. Kept on getting the ball in good positions, but ultimately, he's he's not that guy to create or why play that final play... third pass. It was... Why would you play Skip at right wing? Listen, I don't actually have a problem with Conte, yeah, but there are decisions that he's making yeah, that I'm like, you're big man, you're pushing the boat now, yeah. Skip, I'm just looking at him a little bit sideways sometimes. Like, I don't want it to get twisted to say, like, oh, Listen, I want him out. But we look, we look yeah. at him sideways. The, the next thing that happens is we bring back Poch. And I promise you, we bring back Poch, I'm getting arrested. I'm getting arrested because I'll punch him up. I, I don't want this guy returning. No way, no how. I've had enough of that nonsense. I'll punch him up. I'll definitely happily go jail if there's a return of Poch. Happily. One million. It would either be him or Thomas Tuchel. Another former Chelsea manager. I'm not I'm not having I'm not having Tuchel come after after what he, he tried to do with Conte. Impossible. Car come right here. You get punched up for them kind of things. Man tried to hold man's hand and say, shake my hand. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Are you mad? Like head, he's lucky that Conte didn't headbutt him. But then again, if Conte did that, his wig would have flown off. So it's not, it's not, sometimes it's not worth taking the L in it. Mm. Well, now Big Pot is not available. We, we kind of have, have our pick of the litter. We don't really have much of a wide this, choice. Hey, this Pot's so. a talk, yeah. Well, hey, I warned you so about Pot. Your boy looking nasty. Huh? Your boy yeah. looking nasty right now. Got punched up by his old team as well. Don't do that, bro. Well, he's going to do us a favour on the weekend. So, yeah, no. We hope so. Yeah, I think you're doing right. I hope so. It's nothing personal, though. Um, yeah, the other substitution, um, see Eric Dyer coming on at right centre back, um, Ben Tanker coming on for Bissouma as well. This is all before the hour, so relatively good uh, in game management from Conte for us, like just being proactive with subs, so it's not working. We're 2 0 down at this point, and um, fair play to um, good old Sassignon, got us back in the game with a really good finish. Um, didn't mean to completely skim over that, but it was a it was a pretty good finish. Good ball played in by um Hoybier as well, who somehow still manages to be our kind of best forward passer um for the final third. And then um yeah, Gianni Vio, he's earning his piece. Would you agree, Booker T? Yeah, he is. You know, um. From a team, you know, for as long as I remember, who uh, basically haven't been somewhat a danger uh, from set pieces, purely because I believe that the quality of the set pieces was rubbish. And I also think um, the way in which we attacked set pieces 
was also quite poor. Um, we look like a team who is a constant threat from set pieces. Um, I like the variety in set pieces, be it from short to quick ones to um, just conventional crosses, in-swingers to out-swingers, you know, the combinations um, or the, the variety that we have from um, Sun and uh, Perisic. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 you know, uh, whenever you read some of these stats at the beginning of the season or you, that you take on these set-piece coaches and they add 10 to 15 goals, we're literally reaping the benefits. We're literally reaping the benefits. Um, and I also like as well that, like, you know, we're getting lots of different scores. Uh, ben Tanker, Davies, Longley, lots of different people scoring from set pieces, which is, to me, um, I'm all for it. Um, at the end of the day, you need to, we're in a time where you've got so much stats and so much information um, and also just so much quality in terms of coaching. So why not squeeze every bit of juice out of the orange um, between now and the end of the season? And set pieces is just one of those uh just one of those segments so I'm, I'm i'm all for it i'm all for it yeah fair play obviously it helps like we it's funny we've bemoaned not being good at set pieces what feels like years and years and years even pot stays with ericsson but obviously it helps now we've got a really good set piece taker in perisic who seems to just be on the money with most of his deliveries to be honest um ben davis of all people climbing over the header to make it 2-2 and even the like, we we just didn't look like scoring from open play to me. Um, I don't really remember us creating much from open play, but the pressure we managed to sustain was was really really good. Even though it's not great opposition, and then um, we managed to keep going until the ninety second minute where Ben Tanker actually won the game. I mean, for me, I was. Um, I was confined to a draw at that point. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, okay, well, we're still limping. We're still going to be limping until the World Cup. Like, a draw is not a loss. Coming away with a win from what was still quite a bad performance was was really promising. Um, It just shows, like, at least even if we're not playing well, again, we do have that resilience. Because for me, like, a lot of... A lot of fans have seen in the build-up to the Marseille game. I do respect it. Um, we'll compare this Spurs team to that Spurs teams of old that have let us down in crunch games and da-da-da. And that's fine. But I feel like at least with this team, we've got some of these experienced players. Still, some of them young, but still experienced. Top five manager in Europe. We can at least show that we're not going to roll over accept defeat like we did against Man United, unfortunately, um, and actually just somehow grind out a win any which way. Um, yeah, I really, I just really hope we do get reinforcements soon because with t- at least two or three, I don't even think we need four, at least two or three new additions, we can really be challenging, to be honest. Um, but, but we but, can't um, afford any misses. What do you think has been the biggest bit? In your opinion, then, what do you think has been the biggest issue? Because, uh, how can I put this? You know, Maybe like at, a Crocodox question here. We looked at the summer as being, you know, somewhat positive. And some people, you know, they called it good. Some people called it a poor window. But one of my biggest qualms was that 
our first eleven hasn't immediately improved, and Conte clearly doesn't trust some of the reinforcements he's given us. But we're looking at a team now where we thought, okay, maybe the first team, first eleven is going to improve. Well, actually, as a result of us getting all these extra players and some other players dropping down, that our squad as a whole has improved. Do you actually mm. believe that our squad's improved? I think our squad is improved. Um, on paper, at the time, I still stand by it being a good window as well, and I still think our first eleven is somewhat improved. Like I thought, and I still think Long lays an upgrade on Ben Davis, albeit just. Um, Paris Sitch an upgrade on Sutton Young, even though like I think Tobes likes to think I can really outright <coughs> defend the guy. Like I just think Sess is better than Emerson Royale. At least, yeah. but Perisic again, and then Basuma coming in to midfield. Even though he hasn't been completely trusted by Conte, again, like he is an improvement to what a starting line, a ideal starting lineup, could possibly be. But then, and um, yeah, for me, our biggest issue at the moment is creativity from the forward line and wing backs from. A consistent depth perspective but, as well. You know, like we see it sometimes. And uh, yeah. sorry, Tops, I thought you were. No, no, go, 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 go. Sorry, mate. I was only really going to say again um, lack of creativity from the wing backs and from on a consistent basis, anyway. And um, creativity at our forward line where we've got no balance without Kulisevsky. Um, like the only reason why I wouldn't have graded our window higher than a seven is one, I guess we we didn't get an elite centre back, which I guess we were hoping for, and we didn't get a good rotation option that can link play between midfield and the strikers to just make those basic good decisions to be able to I guess without much nuance, just generally just link play because we've already got potent clinical strikers up top I say that though we've got a potent striker up top because Sun's been poor this season again that's another factor of why we've not started ideally great this season but yeah just that and um how big a factor like, I mean, like, I mean, I mean let's be real like, how big a factor do you think Sun not playing well has been for us because I don't know I can't really not massive be like, to be fair but still yeah. a slight contributor it's not not the be all end all because uh, I think again though like this is where Conte has to hold it like he could have definitely dropped Son earlier in the season then like he didn't drop him until the Leicester game and that was absolutely, absolutely. the 7th or 8th game he had been playing poorly for and I felt like Richarlison when he had come on to play in his favourite position he looked sharp like he was um, a good contributor when he came on against Nottingham Forest um, in other games as well, which I can't really name off the top of my head, but he looked really sharp, really hungry. Um, there was a goal he scored, in, which was ruled out for offside as well. In that game, again, generally he looked sharp. <sighs> again, that's another factor as well with uh, Conte not ideally rotating as much as he could be because our players look shot and our players look shot. And I think that's quite not like a massive factor, but it's obviously quite a big factor in us not being able to sustain playing good football for nine, well, not 90 minutes is unrealistic, but for more than 45 minutes. 
at a time well, we, we just cannot play football. But this is what worries me is this because you're saying that you feel okay, first of all, in regards to the question I asked, I actually feel one of our biggest issues is that the dropping quality. This is why I thought the squad being a squad is such an important thing because I think when you have a squad, yes, you're going to have a dropping quality, but you have guys who can maybe bring your team from an 8 or 9 out of 10 to like a 6 or a 7. I really feel that the players that are coming in and doing jobs where they need to do jobs are dropping the quality in the team from literally like an 8 or 9 to like a 4 or 5. And that's where I think also we're really, really struggling. I mean, if you're going to sit here and say to me that we won't be affected as a team when we go from playing Romero to playing Sanchez or from playing uh, Kulusevsky or Richarlison to playing Lucas, I don't, I don't understand what, what you really want me to actually say. So I think that the drop in quality for the squad is also too much. It's too big a difference in quality. Who would you say has a better, like, in the Premier League, Yeah. who would you say has better, like, quality in depth than Spurs across the better board as well? quality in depth I'd probably say at this point in time in the league there's probably only two teams in my opinion so we uh, should I and then I, I guess that kind of reflects in the league table as well yeah I'd, I'd say that probably that probably does um, it's going to be Chelsea and City yeah that's it that is the only two teams that I see in terms of their strength and depth um, where they are right now and I think I find you know, I think we Chelsea are... have depth I wouldn't <clears> say strength in depth but you have to um, you have to take into consideration that Chelsea is is a conundrum of like it's just it's just a hot bed of just individuals. But when you go through their team, that twenty two or whatever, there are some players sure. that if, if you just quality. took them off, yeah, they, they've got quality in there. That even if you put them on the bench of say our our club, Arsenal, United, we would take them out of canter. We, we've got Sanchez coming off the bench. That's enough to make you realize. How bad it is in our side. Like they could, they could easily just field Kulubali and um, Silva and still have decent enough players on the bench to help out where need be. Like See, they, yeah, they, also, have, they have far more depth. Like one thing that also worried me as well about Owen about what you just said now is that like you feel that the players look shot. I mean, this is what we would call probably were like maybe um, two-fifths into the season, coming coming close to the halfway point in the season, and you think players look shot. Players have had to play games every three, four days. Fine. I mean, with a World Cup, you know, starting in sort of late November and looking at our team, whereby there's a, actually a significant amount of players who are probably going to be at the World Cup. I mean... Unless we absolutely get top reinforcements, and I really do mean like top reinforcements or players of real quality in the January window, you know, I, I don't know what people are expecting for people to suddenly just turn around and, st- and start doing after the World Cup. I'm looking at, and I, and I really do mean this, you know, you said it yourself, and players and people and Spurs fans have actually even mentioned it. People like Benton Kerr and Kane are running themselves into the ground every three days. They didn't even look like they're preparing for a World Cup. You look, you you look at players who are also going to the World Cup, picking up small injuries. You're looking at Son picking up an injury. You're looking at Romero. You're looking at Lloris going to be playing. Richarlison. You know, you're looking at players like of real 
importance to this team are now going to be playing another seven games in what would be, or five to six games at least in the space of, I don't know, one month. I don't understand what kind of, what kind of, um, what kind of like energy level or what kind of position people are expecting them to come back in from the World Cup. Like, uh, like if Sun's playing badly now and, and he's already got a small injury and he suddenly, you know, has time off before the World Cup and goes to play in the World Cup, what what kind of son do people expect to come back? I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where this talk of Kane running himself into the ground has come from. Oh, it's more so because he has no one to basically come off for. Okay. Like he's playing he's playing that's... ninety minutes. He's playing ninety minutes every every three days with no one to basically replace him. And that's that's the truth. That's just yeah, the well, that's the, that's the club's fault because I've been calling for a striker to bench him for Yonkers. And it doesn't mean bench him as in to say, oh, he's absolutely garbage. I've been calling for a striker to bench him so that you don't have this whole night. He's bloody going to be 30. Yeah. And the guy, I don't want to hear like fans saying, oh, he's getting run down into the ground. Even if we did have, let's say, a, a good striker, a top striker, that like an actual striker, not a guy that can play the position, an actual striker, striker. Kane would still fashion a way of playing 90 minutes. Yeah. And that for me is like, there's not a game this season, not one this season where I've looked at him and I thought, you've run yourself into the ground. Not one. Yeah. he. J I just think he's not got the same level of fitness as he used to have. Yeah. Even when we, even when we press, even in the, mean, the Marseille game. Yeah. So he will, he will jog across, jog across, jog across. Yeah, and then there's no initial press from him. It's more like I'm just marking the space. Maybe that's a decision that Conte has taken and, and told him to do. But he would just jog to the space, jog to the space. And then out of nowhere, you see Benton Court dart 40 yards just to press whoever's like on the ball. And I'm like, <clears throat> wouldn't it be better if Kane did that shorter burst and then the rest of the midfield just like went up? I don't know if it's a Conte decision for all of this stuff. But all I'm saying is, the only player right now that I think, rah, they're really pushing themselves is Benton Court. Everybody else, I think is holding back for the World Cup. That's my personal opinion. You may not touch. You, you probably are wrong, to be honest. You probably are wrong. I think Hoybier has probably run himself into the ground as well. Nah, um, he just runs. To be fair. No, he just he just runs. There's nothing running. So either way, he's, he's tired. Don't worry, he, he just he just runs. The guy just runs. Can't even foul freaking sheep, bro. What, what is wrong with him? Ah, but ah, he can ah. score crucial goals in a European away tie. So we know. were already through. We we were already through. It was just a formality of whether we were going to finish top or not. <laughs> Again, that would have been typical Spursy if yeah. we just sat back and took the draw. Though you could argue, maybe no, 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 because in recent years, other than. When was the last time we finished second in our group? Uh, that would no have worries. been, I guess, the final. Did we finish top? No, we couldn't have done. No, we finished Barcelona second. Barcelona finished top. Yeah, Barcelona finished the 18, top. 19 group. Yeah. So, what? That's the yeah. last season we finished second in our group? Yeah. And we finished, what, top in every other Champions League group that we've been in? <laughs> no. Oh, so this is the first time we've topped the group? No. We no, finished. It... We finished top uh, of the group. Under Harry we... Yeah, under Harry, and when we were um, in Real Madrid's group, we finished top. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not, a, yeah. That's it's right. not a common occurrence for us to finish second in our Champions League group. I'm just saying. Fair enough. Um, we either do, we either just get knocked out of the groups, or we normally finish top. I'm just, I'm just saying. History will tell you that. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like I didn't really that, care. Like I said, if we want to go somewhere, anywhere in life with this club in terms of winning stuff. Listen, come this January, Conte's already said he needs reinforcements. The club needs to back it. Yeah, I, I want I want big noise in January. I want I want four players signed for a total of five hundred million, bro. I, I, I want, want crazy, bro. Noises are being made. To be fair, noises are being made. Apparently, Atletico Madrid, who didn't finish top or second or third in their group out of Europe, and have apparently put four players up for sale in Carrasco. The Paul Felix, someone else. Give, give me all four, now. all four of them. Thomas Lamar. Yeah, Thomas Lamar. Give me all I four. I used to really want Thomas Lamar. Um, I'll take all four. You want all four? All four. Tell them to name their price. One hundred and eighty. Almost, okay. um, almost a pause. Okay. Pause. Almost a pause. Almost a pause. Um, top two would you take out of that list? If we're being realistic, ish. All four. Pause. I would take um, very quickly Carrasco and Deport. Like I, I hear a lot of people saying Deport. To be fair, like I haven't seen much of him though. Like I yeah, saw an interesting happy. little scout report from you in the group chat. So I was just seeing like how. Yeah, he can he's... make a difference to Spurs. He's a he's I, a beast. I, 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 I kind of feel for him. He he um, he, he kind of blew up at Udinese and um, got this big money move to Atletico. But again, uh, I just feel that like this is kind of a common trait. Simeone tax. Yeah. yeah, players of real sort of players of real technical quality just kind of being marred by a little bit of um, Simeone tax and. He's a, I think he's a good. He's a good player. Uh, so I mean, what? What difference is this going to be to him coming to Spurs and Conte saying he's in discipline? I, 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 I I'm just intrigued because if if Simeone's like, mm, I, I don't really fancy him. You know, I, I don't really think he's all that. Conte is going to take one look at him in training and be like, Yeah, you don't really know the positions that I want you to play here. Follow Heiberg. That's that's what he's gonna say. I think he's gonna go more of his Udinese performances, don't know. Yeah, right, we'll see. We'll we'll have to wait and see, boy. Um, I just I just think uh, Lamar is um not really that effective in the position that he plays, and I think Felix is uh, out of our. I think he'll be out of most people's price range. So. How long has he got left on his contract? I was reading the other day, like I think it was like five or six years. Let me just check. Death. Yeah, Damn death row. Yeah. What are his wages like though? Um, he's the highest paid. Him and Griezmann are the highest paid. Though. Fuck's sake, Jesus! Yeah. So Man United yeah. are probably going to go for Felix then, but um, so I think we should try cheekily going there. So Joe Felix, uh, he's twenty-two years old, uh, and his contract. Uh, to be fair, it's twenty twenty six. Is that when he runs up? Forget. That's yeah. not bad. Nah, nah, nah. Four, four years. Four years. And he's, and he's well, on the four highest years. 
forget the highest, one the highest forget it's not even what worth is it 200k a week uh someone sitting there this before tax probably well, 350. Um, oh yes yeah, nearly or oh, it's nearly like it's over 250 a week Fuck it, yeah, so more than Kane. Hey, we need we need to contact um Pogba's guy, bro. Make make something happen, bro. Yeah, man. Are you sure yeah. about that? Hey, 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 buddy. I yeah. thought you meant his agent. Then sorry, no. I thought nah, you nah, 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 nah. About the voodoo. Okay, we're talking. Yeah. We're talking about the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The little shaky leg, bro. We we yeah. we might need <laughs> need to call in a few favors, boy. Yeah, Zhao Felix earns near um. Earns around two hundred eighty thousand euros a week. Yeah. Okay, so came wages. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, what the day that's the day a, another player is... comes in and earns more wages than you know that muck. That's a hundred uh, million I'll, I'll pounds. That's a hundred million pound player. So he would be, be perfect for Spurs as well. I I can't help but think that he can do both. He can play as a striker. He can be that guy who drops in between midfield and. And the strikers and links playing can create, and he's a good presser as well. From what I've seen of him at Atletico, yeah, bring it, oh, pay what they want, man. Um, I, I, don't, I actually realistically see it happening, and I would, I do need to see more of the pool. But from what I've seen of him, which is little when the scout report that you showed me earlier, tops, um, willing to take him for a nice price, but yeah. Mm-hmm. We see him, uh, the pool being able to apparently operate on the right hand side does encourage me. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, let's wrap it up then. We've got to preview the Liverpool game. Um, again, we're missing still quite a lot of players. I see Romero and Richarlison are uh, looking after themselves, um, any which way they can. I honestly, I don't blame them, but it is what it is. Uh, Kulizewski, who had a little jog out at Bournemouth before the game. Still looks like he's injured. Um, would we risk him as he's not going to the World Cup or not? Who knows? And um, obviously Son, who <laughs> apparently is saving himself for the World Cup as well, has got four fractures to his left eye socket. So I don't think he'll be playing on the weekend. Um, bereft of strikers. Boys, how do we line up against Liverpool? Um I think we line up with a 3-5-2. Um, I think the back line is going to be uh, the same as uh, the Marseille game. I think it's going to be Basuma, Hoisin, and Bentacor. I think it's going to be, um, unfortunately, uh, Suspecion. Um Probably, I think it's going to be ninety percent the same lineup as Marseille. Actually, no, em- em- Emerson will come back into the team. I- I've got a feeling he's going to put Emerson back at right back and um, Perisic at-, at left. And then <clears throat> no, he's not even going to put. Yeah, he's going to put Perisic at left, and up top is going to be uh, Mora and-, and Mook. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that stinks! All right. Who wants my ticket for Sunday? Because I can't make it anyway, even if I wanted to. Um, um, oh God, I'm not free either. Horrible. I'd actually have been tempted to take it. Well, I and can't top, make it. Um, How would you line up? So, I've, I, you know, I regularly listen to Wall Touch Rampods. Um, so this week, um, I listened to 
couple of freckles with Mush Edison's and Mike, shout out to them. Did they say if Canate is back on? Um, no, Canate is not at the moment. Um, they've been quite positively going with uh, Gomez and Van Dijk. Um, weirdly, Gomez didn't have a great game against Leeds at the weekend, but then uh, performed a bit adequately at midweek. Liverpool, they're in a funny place right now. I, I, you know, I can't really seem to put my finger on why. Um, against Leeds, they looked. I watched that game. They looked kind of bereft of ideas, in many respects. They did create a lot of chances, but you know they just there was just something missing. Um, and one thing I really was surprised about them in that Leeds game was that they just looked like they could just be got. At. They looked like they could be got, at. Um, which was a strange one because they were at home um, and they, you know, they've had, they had got this amazing record, especially with Van Dijk, who hasn't lost there in more than like two years or something like this. Um, but then I watched them on uh, Tuesday night again. Uh, on the whilst the Spurs game was I did on, on on my iPad and they really gave a inform what would we say an unbeaten in like ten or eleven games. Um, Napoli a real a real ride and went went in that game and won that game like deservedly um, in my opinion. Um, Oh, they seem to have a lot of chopping and changing in their in their starting level at the moment. Um, the one thing that kind of gives me some confidence is that they they don't really seem to trust Trent at the moment. Trent is starting games and coming off regularly. Um, their midfield seems to be chopping and changing with um, you know players like Henderson and Fabinho not really in good form. Um, Harvey Elliott popping up here and there, and the only real kind of consistent player in that midfield that they've been going with is Thiago. Van Dijk looking a bit all over the place, um, and obviously you know they're always gonna have they're always gonna have a goal threat with Salah and Nunes, despite you know his um, his you know negative detractors. He has been scoring goals. Um, in my opinion, I think you're right. Similar to Yao, what Yao said, I think we'll go three five two. I think he will be very happy to play three at the back with Emerson as the right wing back. I think um, Emerson is gonna have his hands full um, and I think he's probably going to maybe use Sess as the left wing back just because you know if there's someone that you can run at it's Trent in my opinion um, I think packing the midfield with Fab uh, Fabinho and Thiago against Basuma, Hoiberg and Bentancourt like I actually believe that we have the ability to be able to win that midfield battle in my opinion um, at this point um, but my only issue then stands with uh, how does Kane get the better of either Van Dijk or, or Gomez? Um, because he's basically going to be playing by himself next to Lucas up there. Um, and I think it's very important that from the early, early, early s statement in the game that uh, Dyer has has the beating of Nunes. I think Nunes is really going to give him a rough time. Nunes is one of these players who's, whilst he's not particularly technical as you would call you know footballers these days he really is going to run for 90 he's going to cause problems he's going to move into channels he's going to he's going to bring a physical battle to the game and also you know you want to make sure that in all of this happening that you kind of keep Salah somewhat quiet um uh, this sort of game you know both teams not in amazing form Liverpool in probably worse form in the league and they're currently like 11 or 10 points behind us at the moment in the league. 
which is astonishing even at this point. Um, so I think for us, a three-five-two where we pack the midfield, and Kane has to make sure that, like in this game, he wins his battle against either Van Dijk or, or or Gomez. One thing that's really frustrated me about Kane recently is that we've needed him to kind of be that focal point, to kind of hold the ball up. And in the past, he really has been a player to be able to do that. But recently, I've seen him lose battles to all, all sorts of players. You know, he was well beaten against Martinez uh, a couple, like, a, you know, what was a couple of weeks ago? Mm. Um, I didn't think he was particularly good against Sporting in holding the ball up and providing sort of an outlet from the attacking. And even even against um, even against Marseille, again, I just didn't think that he had the, you know, the uh, almost like the assertiveness or like the presence to kind of just give us something to build from. So I think for him, you know, he really needs to be able to win at least one of those battles just to give us something to go for because Liverpool, Liverpool play in an open type of way. And whilst the, I don't think the game's going to be like, you know, basketball end to end, I think there's going to be openings. Liverpool can, they can be got. They absolutely can be got. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I watched Liverpool against Leeds and they felt like, well, it looked like to me they had actually found a better balance when it came to being in the ball, progressing forwards and and creating chances. Um, but off the ball, still just it's 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 really not good with them at the moment um there's been conspirators speculating about Fabinho and um Joe Gomez has been costing them points nearly every other game he's been playing um so I really hope Canate's not back because for me he provides them such a such a good platform from their right hand side to be able to play for the play the rest of their game obviously that adds to Trent and Salah uh going forward as well as any midfielders playing just ahead um I have no idea what kind of lineup Conte will actually do like I take when we played them at home last season and the Conte and we were coming off um another game not that long ago and he just completely rotated the side played a 3-5-2 played on Dombele Delhi in that midfield with Winks at the base of all players. Um, all three of those players are gone now. Um, it shows me he's willing to rotate for these kind of times where it does look desperately bad in terms of fitness. Um, so I'll plan of go for like what a kind of hopeful lineup from my humble opinion would be. Obviously, Laurie starts, I think, the same defence against... Marseille starts so even Dyer at right centre back could probably deal with Nunes coming off the left or he'd be our best player um, that we have available that can possibly deal with that Longley he'll plus play out Ben Davis doing his thing um, yeah midfield free self-explanatory Misuma, um, Oilberger and Bentancur I think Sessegnon should probably play left wing back I would love to see Spence chucked in as a risk um, in a similar way again to um, when we played them last season. He just took a lot of risks with the lineup. Um, so it's to be great, but I'd, I'd probably expect him to play Emerson 
to be honest. Um, but I would like to see probably Perisic and Kane start up top because uh, I, I, I just can't see Lucas Moore start another game. I've been quite quiet about um, Lucas Moore's performance coming off the bench against Bournemouth, but I actually liked what I saw of him in that game purely just because he went pretty much back to basics where he'd actually just release the ball whenever he kind of worked himself some space. Um, I mean, he might be able to make an impact off the bench, but he definitely can't start for me. Um, that all said, I'm not confident of a win. Um, I think we'll do well not to lose. I think it could end up being another score draw. So I'll go for, a, I guess, a score prediction of 2-2. Uh, Scott Hall, what would your score prediction be? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. That's actually where I had it at, 2-2. Two, two. I think both teams uh, defensively have been odd. Um, I'm not going to say horrible. I just think they've just been odd to watch defensively, um, both teams. Um, so I think there's goals in this one. A score draw, 2-2. Two, two. What would be nice is we beat them because we haven't beaten them in Yonkers. It's, that would be nice for us to win. Um. You know what would be an absolute amazing thing to happen? Um, it will never happen. Never. Never in a million years. For us to win 4-0 and Emerson score two. Because then there's like that that's the that's the killer. That's Liverpool season done. Our worst, that will come from that game will be on the timeline forever. Our worst defender of all time. Yeah, scoring two goals against them and us winning 4 0. That you as far as I'm concerned, you can cut your season off if that ever happened. It won't, but if it did, it would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Tops, look and see what would be your mm. uh, um, rough score prediction. Liverpool don't score as man. I just don't think against teams that defend like fairly ish well, they don't tend to score that many these days. It's usually quite tight. But I feel like at at home against Liverpool in a game that I think we I think we can get a result in. I think Benton and Kane and Hoiberg can probably put. uh, I think one nil Spurs at home. One a tough, okay. a tough, battled, a really battled, hardened one nil. You are one-nil. such an optimist. I love to one-nil. see it. One nil at uh, home. Yeah. One nil at home. Are you going to the game? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Lovely stuff. But yeah, well, let's uh, let's hope that the two days off that Conte have given them have actually helped them. Also, they got. Um, oh, you gave them two days off. Day off. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. did. did yeah. Wednesday, Thursday off, and then they're going to train Friday, Saturday. <clears throat> Yeah, according to um, the mouthpieces from the club, anyway. Um, yeah, that was um, another new Spurs order pod. Thank you to all of those that were commenting in the chat, even the spam bots, which I'd love to say I tried to maintain 99 composure through throughout, but they yeah, were well, impossible. Oh, mate, there always are. Um, Fair play to my co-host and thank you again to to Booker T and Scott Hall. Brought the energy as always, tapping toes through his cameo. Um, again, tune into our streams every Thursday evening. Audio pod comes out every Saturday morning. Uh, but for now, peace out. Peace. Belted into the Liverpool in goal.
on debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.